With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing, thing. This is the Rich Eisen Show. His first Super Bowl was the 9-11 Super Bowl. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'll tell you what Tom Brady just did. The Rich Eisen Show. Brady goes out there and wins the Super Bowl. Today's guests, Fox Sports Rules Analyst, Mike Pereira. Tampa Bay Times Bucks writer, Rick Stroud. Plus, your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, welcome to our neighborhood. It's a Thursday. And the Super Bowl is too damn far away for us. Um, but so much to talk about on this three-hour edition of the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel here in Los Angeles, California, along with our friends on Sirius XM, Odyssey, and all of our friends on terrestrial radio listening to us coast to coast. We say hello to you. Also to our podcast listeners. Yeah, I'm starting a live show by thanking people who are listening to us later on whenever they want because you are just as important to us taking in this edition of the Rich Eisen Show just as you hopefully do every single day, all three hours available in podcast form. We say hello to you, Chris Brockman. What's going on over there, hey, brother? Hey, Rich, it's Groundhog Day. It is that. I'm watching it right now. I'm not, gonna, I'm not really paying attention. I understand. It is, it's it's truly one of the most rewatchable movies ever. Perfect movie. Good. Uh, what's up, Mike Del Tufo? How are Good you? Good morning, Rich. How are you doing? Mike Del Tufo woke up today and he's reliving every single day of his life. Groundhog Day. The Day's ones that include the ones that are on the Rich Eisen show right here. Yes. Good. Good. And uh, did you see your shadow today, Mike? When you got when out? I come out, no, I actually didn't see my shadow. So okay, I, I believe great. That we okay. maybe uh, winner may be done. Unfortunately, here. the real uh, Groundhog referred to, referred to by Pat McAfee on his Twitter on his uh, Instagram account as that rat. Because it's salt shadow, meaning six more weeks of winter. Oh, my gosh. At any rate, uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, good to see you, TJ Jefferson. Light the candle, sir. What's going on over there? And the candle's lit. You know, growing up in Altoona, I spent like the first 11 years of my life How? really believing that this little groundhog controlled the weather. <laughs> and when I found out he'd see, I'd be like, six more weeks? Come on, man. Where is Punxsutawney in relation to Altoona? I want to say Where it's... Where is it? You don't know? I, I used to know. I, do, you I, need, do you need to map it? You got to well, map it? I'm sure, you know, in, when I was 13, I knew where it was, but okay. I haven't really thought about Punxsutawney much lately. Yeah, so. There we go. It's that day. It's yeah. Groundhog Day. Um, so in that respect, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' future. I know. Uh, 
<laughs> about an hour and 15 minutes to Punxsutawney. Now, when so, oh, okay. th- which way? Which way? It's uh, west. Nor- nor- uh, northwest. Northwest. Okay, northwest. Okay. So um, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers' future. Why don't we? Because why, why today of any day? It, well, it is Groundhog Day. Uh, but when, when an athlete tweets out, I got time, ask me anything. You're like, oh boy, this can go in any direction. And I saw it yesterday, a little too late. About two hours later, Devontae Adams, the uh, the great receiver in Las Vegas, Nevada, who uh, had another terrific season personally, but my gosh, did the Raiders disappoint. My number one, top of the list, king of the hill, a number one leader of most disappointing team in the NFL this year, and yeah, Part of that is born out of the fact that when Devontae Adams arrived, along with Chandler Jones and Josh McDaniels was getting his second crack at being a coach in the NFL. And, you know, I thought to myself, well, Belichick's second crack was much better than his first. And his first, he actually made it the playoffs for the Cleveland Browns, right? I'm thinking maybe, uh, maybe he's got a touch of that in him. Never know. Nah, Tyreek Hill's going to Miami, and maybe, maybe Kansas City could get God. I, I made them at least Kansas City a wild card team in my predictions. But I said the Raiders would win the AFC West, one of the worst takes I've ever had from this chair into this microphone. Why am I reliving it, you say? Well, it's Groundhog Day. Also, I'm reliving it because Devontae Adams was asked in his Ask Me Anything on Twitter, I'm bored, Ask Me Anything, he was asked the question of where is Mr. Rogers, where is Aaron Rodgers' neighborhood next year? Great question. Great question. And he wrote, mine. Okay. Now. Big Ben, Jeff. Oh. Now, uh, does that mean Rogers is actually in the process of figuring this thing out? For Adams to say that is it wishing it is it speaking it into existence is that what it is is it wishful thinking is it speaking it into existence or heaven forbid actual knowledge because I'll tell you this that for the Packers to actually trade him away for the Packers to send him if you will packing which Adam Schefter has reported not once but twice over the last two playoff weekends on ESPN. Two times. Two weeks in a row talking about the possibility of this happening and how the league, around the league, from what he's hearing ear to the ground, thinks that this is entirely possible, if not, if you will, likely. I mean, and this is obviously the guy who first reported on that draft day in Cleveland a couple years ago that Rodgers had told the Packers, I'm done with you, not playing another game for you. Well, eventually he did, but uh, there was a ton of fire behind that smoke on that draft night that set off a million alarm bells and totally overshadowed the first round of that draft that night. So, if it happens, first address that you got to think of, it's, a, it's an American football conference address. He, he's not staying in the conference. We saw it before. Favre wound up with the Jets. He kind of you know, hung there for a year. It was kind of like his base camp for a year where he did all sorts of stuff he shouldn't have done, 
including not winning, and and then wound up in Minnesota. Not saying that's going to happen with Rodgers. <laughs> this whole business of going to the Jets. Come on, man. I'm just not going to go there. Why would he do that? Why would he? Why would he go to the exact team that Favre went to? Number one and number two, the Jets. I don't believe. You know, as much as I love Garrett Wilson and as much as I love Brees Hall and as much as I love that offensive line and defense, I mean, if you're sitting here thinking, where can I go in the AFC and your favorite receiver of all time raises his hand on on Twitter and is like, my neighborhood he's coming to next year. Mine. Like he can now flat out say this about Rodgers now that his buddy, his BFF from college, Derek Carr, is no longer coming back. Why, why, why wouldn't he choose Vegas over the Jets when he's got Devontae Adams there? Are you kidding me? And Renfro and Waller and Crosby and Chandler Jones, and you, you mix and match a little bit here, and you've got yourself a championship roster if Rodgers shows up, I would think. Why wouldn't the... Packers, if they want to send him somebody, send him to the AFC West. Get him out. Get him out. Send him, reunite him with Devontae Adams. Go for it. And why wouldn't Rodgers want to try that? I, and I don't know either. You know, you get him uh, alone, have him, give him some tea, as uh, <laughs> was once said to me in a Sports Center commercial. Give him some tea. Give him some tea. And, um, I don't know. He's from Chico, California. Did he did he like the Raiders growing up? Did he have some sort of usually, you know, I'm from that area, Chico Redding Market. That's where I got my my TV start. There's a lot of Niner fans there mostly, but there's a ton of Raider fans up there. I have no idea. I have no idea. This one caused me to kind of stop, pause, rip the needle off the record. And again, I know it's just one answer, hit send mine. That's my neighborhood. So if Rodgers does go anywhere, why not there? I have no idea about the cap, no idea. You know, would the Raiders do such a thing? Why wouldn't they? Who's their quarterback going to be? Jimmy G? Hmm. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't you rather have Rodgers right now? Rodgers and Adams, there's no, there's no, you know, having a, you know, fly in somewhere in Southern California or somewhere to have some sort of get to know you, get down the same page. You know, like last year with Derek Carr and him. The question is, would McDaniels change any of his spots to to accommodate Rodgers? Because you'd have to. And this guy doesn't seem, he seems to have, oh, there's my way, there's the Patriot way, this is this way, and what, I, I have no idea. Yeah, he, this is all he just. Coach Rodgers hard. This is all just speculation here. I, I don't know, but why wouldn't, what, if Rodgers is looking at the AFC and who's got a shot? Tennessee has a job open, potentially, right? Maybe. Indianapolis has a job open. For sure. At quarterback. New head coach, though. Who else has a job open in the AFC? Because this is, this is where the Packers would send them. The Jets would absolutely. I mean, Namath is like, take my, take my banner off, off the rafters and give it. You, you put it on, Aaron. I mean, who else? Raiders. Bingo. Devontae Adams is there. Bingo. And if this happens, it's kind of like that line from back in the day 
if this happens. Oh, no. Don't do it, bitch. I care about you. Nudge him because he's not paying attention. Godfather watch. Yeah, my God. I even talked to him about it. What are you doing? <laughs> you, you're doing your checking? You're banking? What are you doing over there? No, I'm not doing my banking. Okay. I'm, I'm actually doing something for the if Super this Bowl, happens, Rich. If this happens... Hit it now, Mike. Go on, for it. On. Oh, my God. <laughs> now we're holding. <laughs> oh, Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. It's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. They're going to pull you back in, huh? I can't go there. For crying out loud, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. What the hell's the matter with me? <laughs> hey, but the Chiefs lose. Maybe they don't look good in the Super Bowl. No, stop and you're it. like, eh, they're not stop as it. good as they thought. No, no, no. I'm not going there. <laughs> I won't go there. I won't go there. You got a great point, though. Rogers shows up there. Hell yeah, you're back in. Adams, Waller, they might Renfro. Have to, they might have to trade Waller. You think? Why would they do that? They need the, it's, the cap. Got, the, yeah, the salary to offset the cap space to match Rogers' number for next year. They would have to include some players back to Green Bay. Oh. So Jordan Love would enjoy Darren Waller in, in, in green and yellow? I think so. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I saw that and I thought to myself that this is this is entirely feasible. That now that's the one. Oh, that'd be a fun spot. Could you imagine the AFC West now? Well, let's go. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. Now we have Aaron Rodgers back with Devontae Adams on top of maybe a Super Bowl champion, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, and, and then Justin, Justin Herbert, Herbert. Like, hooked up to the mastermind of the Cowboys like, offense, go. Kellen Moore. Like, let's go. <laughs> You think last year's hype for the AFC West was through the roof. This is actually new and improved. Yeah, it's even better. With all due respect to Derek Carr. I should have front-loaded the whole conversation that way. So, Groundhog Day. Back on the Raiders. Love it. Groundhog Day. But, uh, lots has to happen between now and then. Isn't it amazing? Oh, we got Devontae what? Adams, his thumb just hits the, the word send on one <laughs> word mine, and, and it just sends everybody a little nutty. Including me. Well, didn't Rogers say two weeks? He's going to decide in two weeks, right? Two weeks. We're still waiting on what Trump's uh, medical plan is. His health care plan. Very. It's every two weeks. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm sorry. I went there. I like, no, but uh, everyone says you know a bunch of people say it's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. We'll see. But it's going to have to be two weeks for him. He's going to have to know. He's going to have to say. I mean, guys, the combine. Um, we're already NFL Network. We're already making plans for the combine. It's the end of the month. And oh, then two was, weeks after the combine is, is the new league year. Like, this is coming right around I the corner. I was watching senior bowl practice last night. Derek Carr's <laughs> contract um, and what the Raiders have to do with it is a couple of days after the Super Bowl. I mean, this is coming fast. Yeah. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, lots to talk about today. We have Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times joining us. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what, the, what they were thinking about you know, yesterday uh, in Tampa. So reached out to him. He's always been great talking about Brady. And what is their plan? Is it Derek Carr? Could they could they possibly um, stick with Kyle Trask? What are they going to do? What's their plan? What was in the drawer for Jason Light, the general manager there, to pull out and say, this is our new plan? And what are they, what are they going to do at offensive coordinator? I mean, would you take that job not even knowing who the quarterback is? I mean, this changes a lot of dynamic for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he'll be joining us on this program. Uh, also on this show, remember the other day, I'm like, hey, 
I need Pereira. I need Pereira now, and I need him to explain to me what the hell was going on with the officiating this past weekend. And um, so Mike Pereira is going to join us. He's going to join us next. I'm not going to wait for another second. What in the world did happen with the officiating this past weekend? Because the video assist, replay assist, whatever you want to call the the entity that the league refuses to call a sky judge, which is the home office of the NFL having full feed of all the cameras that Fox had and CBS had on the championship games, which I think what the grand total would be 45 Easily. to 50 cameras yeah. on, on the games. And all those cameras are fed to the league headquarters and they're racking back the video in real time pretty much to see if a ball needs to be spotted, if this ball actually hit the ground instead of a catch. And it's not their job to chime in when Devontae Smith makes a one-handed grab on fourth and six and they're rushing to spot the ball, or is it their job to chime in? There's really no hard and fast rule that fans know about. Shouldn't they chime in when Marquez Valdez-Scantling reaches the ball out and then pulls it back in, says, I should get a first down, and then the Chiefs are like, wait a minute, are you going to chime in or not? I guess you're not. We'll have to call a timeout. We'll challenge. We're correct. We now no longer have challenges for the rest of the game because we got the first one wrong. We got the second one right. And I thought replay assist is set up for you to save us a challenge. And the reason why I bring all this up is because this is going to be crucial for the Super Bowl. Let's know this going in because it sure looked like that assist from the league office, from entities watching the game outside of the stadium, uh, we saw a lot more of them chiming in in the wild card and divisional round than the conference championship round. I got a ton of people tweeting me saying, did you notice that or not? Well, I'm like, yeah, I did. I wonder what Mike did. And he's going to be sitting next to Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson for Super Bowl 57 on Fox, giving us the two cents on these calls as they happen. So he's going to join us. We've got Rick Stroud joining us. Also, Kyle Shanahan has chimed in on his quarterback situation. He and John Lynch had their end-of-the-season press conference yesterday, the coach and GM of the 49ers. We'll let you know what they had to say about their quarterback situation. We're going to the Super Bowl next week, um, and our first scheduled guest for that week when we're there on Wednesday. Don't 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 worry. Our, our We'll have full, complete coverage throughout the entire week. Uh, on Monday, our first guest is J.J. Watt. He's going to, I guess, welcome us to Arizona in advance of us going to Arizona physically. But um, our first guest in studio when we're at the Super Bowl experience next week for Roku and our terrestrial radio audience and our Sirius XM Odyssey audience, it's going to be Trey Lance. So he's first up. And then, by the way, an hour after him is Joe Montana. So we right. might as well front load that conversation with what? the coach and general manager had to say yesterday. But when we come back, Mike Pereira, the former head of NFL refs, currently the Fox Rules analyst on Fox, he's going to help us set the table about what we saw last weekend and what we may see next weekend. Answer a lot of your questions from last Sunday, that's for sure. Mike Pereira, when we return. Battle Creek, Michigan. 
1963. Kellogg's and Post, sworn cereal rivals, race to create a pastry that will change the face of breakfast forever. A wildly imaginative tale of ambition, betrayal, and menacing milkmen, sweetened with artificial ingredients. Unfrosted stars Jerry Seinfeld in his directorial film debut. It features a supporting cast of comedy greats, including Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan, Hugh Grant, Amy Schumer, Max Greenfield, Christian Slater, Sarah Cooper, Bill Burr, and many more. Streaming right now on Netflix. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network is rejoining our Roku broadcast right now. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by, why don't you? Um, I've known this guy forever and a day. He was one of the originals on NFL Network when he was just the head of NFL refs going through all the plays for you from the previous week's events. And if that official review segment on NFL Total Access existed today, I would have this man on and ask him every single question I'm about to ask him. He is the head rules analyst for Fox Sports and will be in the booth for Super Bowl 57. Our friend, former head of NFL refs, Mike Pereira, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Great. How are you? I'm great, man. Let's just jump right into it. Um, Officiating last weekend was right in the crosshairs, and and, um, I'm just wondering... Did replay assist, which again is the New York City-based uh, office uh, of of the NFL officials who are watching the game and monitoring the game and chiming in about uh, correcting certain rules, uh, calls that were made on the field. Did was that used less this weekend than the first two weekends of the playoffs? Because that sure looked like the way to me, Mike. I, I thought in some cases it was overused. I mean, oh. I guess if we go back to the Devonta um, Smith play, mm-hmm. um, you you look at that catch, and they were just like the rest of us. They were scrambling and had about 10 seconds to try to find the one shot that uh, showed that the pass was incomplete, and they couldn't find it. So, therefore, they couldn't stop it, much just like Kyle Shanahan couldn't get a shot that he thought was conclusive enough to risk a timeout. And – you know, they're like producers because they might have 20 different camera angles, but you've got to find the one in such a short period of time when the Eagles are rushing up to the line of scrimmage that they just couldn't find it in time, and they're not going to stop it. They can't stop it um, to try to find the shot. That's not within their rights. They have to see clear and obvious um, video 
footage that says that the call was wrong in the normal play clock time before the snap. And so it's kind of one of those deals where the Eagles win by going quick. And um, and maybe that's something that you might have to look at because it doesn't seem really fair to me. Because in college football, they'd have stopped it, right? College, in a second. Th- right. In a second. But so why? I, I think maybe as much as you and I have talked about, you know, this eye in the sky, the sky judge, right. the, the video assist, the expedited review, um, I think in some ways it's not fair. And we need to look to make it fair. And and maybe that's going toward the college system, that you are allowed to stop it on big plays where you don't know. And that's big play, fourth down, you know, in the first quarter. Fourth down play, change of possession, that was a huge play. So, you know, if I'm a Shanahan or any coach in any situation right now the way we have it, you know, I hesitate because New York has the opportunity to stop it themselves and change it themselves. So, you know, I don't want to risk a timeout if New York is going to stop it. So you've got that question that falls into it. Overall, the system is good, Rich, but, you know, it's still new how they're using this, but it, it still gonna, it brings up some inequities that I think need to be looked at. And and, and I'm glad you started with the Devontae Smith catch. Um, to, it was basically the first big play of championship weekend and the first controversial replay um, I guess involved a decision uh, of the weekend where the coach uh, Shanahan, you said, didn't throw the, the the challenge flag or call a timeout to take a look at it and throw a challenge flag and replay assist uh, didn't chime in. And you're saying again, the reason why they didn't chime in is they didn't get uh, a, a shot fast enough, even though they're getting it in real time um, they, yeah, and, they, and they're not they allowed to stop it. They can't stop play to take a look at something yet that is, is essentially correct. what you're saying. Okay. Correct. So then, so then let, let's, let's move a, a little forward and more forward in the game. Um, I, I know for a fact, Skycam has its own feed. Um, and I imagine replay assist would as well. How could they not see whether a punted ball hit the Skycam wire or not? Well, Mike? Uh, I, I mean, first of all, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you have to see it hit the wire, right? You mm-hmm. have to see it hit the wire. But wouldn't and, the camera jostle? Not, I mean, didn't the camera jostle? Wouldn't it? You know what I mean? If well, it hit a wire, what, that's what it's. The, the camera didn't jostle. I mean, there was no camera movement. Now they they are not necessarily going to see that. We could from the truck, and mm-hmm. there was no movement of the camera, which would which would be maybe the best indicator that it did hit the wire. But you know, <laughs> you watch the trajectory of the ball, and you watch the reaction of the players, and you you think that it would have, but you know they couldn't see it in um, New York in any of their shots, and and you don't obviously you don't have camera shots focused on the wire um, on the, and we had two overhead cameras in that game, um, and so it's kind of one of those things. It's it's unusual, but everything about this past Sunday was unusual. It seemed, and um, and that's kind of. One of those deals, the rule was put in that you'd have a do-over if that happens. It right. basically came because of the Cowboys scoreboard. Um, that's hmm. when it was put in. But uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those where is, is nobody, there's no official, there's no official that's mm-hmm. looking up at the flight of the ball. Um, they're, they're focused on the players and not the flight of the ball and the blocks during the kick. It's just, it's just one of those things that was weird that just couldn't be, couldn't be proved. But 
you know, even as I speculated in the in the booth, the reaction by all the Eagles players sure made it seem like it must have hit the wire, but you just you just couldn't see it. There's a, a couple other ones to hit you on from Championship Sunday. Mike Pereira here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. I feel like we're back on total access back in the day as I walk through all these uh, <laughs> we were. official review uh, segments here uh, like we, we were doing back in the day. That was great. Um, the play in Kansas City and Cincinnati, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, is reaching for the first down line. He reaches the ball out and pulls it back. Two things here. First one, why didn't replay assist chime in there? Reed had to call a timeout and then throw the challenge flag. Uh, well, which because, So why, yeah. why didn't they chime in there? Isn't that exactly what they're there for? Yes, that is. Um, I think uh-huh. it was a really close play. You had to determine, did they actually give forward progress? Did you have forward progress um, on that play? But to me... That was an example of one that if you had the clear shot, which they did to mm-hmm. get to the solid line, the hash mark that showed that he reached that line, then, you know, you should be able to change that. But let's, let's you know, we've talked about this before when it comes to a full-time sky judge. We're, we're taking steps and we're getting there, but it's still new. And when you have championship weekend, you know, everything's a little bit, there's always more pressure tied into it. And, and sometimes you you may not do something that afterwards you think you should have, but mm-hmm. that is one where I do think they probably could have jumped in and 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 saved the challenge. And that even that statement there bothers me because if you save a challenge for one team and don't save a challenge for another, right? Um, and you have the ability to do that, that's that's a bit of inequity, and that's the thing that does concern me to a to a degree. But in that one. I, I do feel they could have made the change. Yeah, and 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 then the question is though, because I got a lot of uh, uh, rule book experts on my Twitter feed saying like a first down line to gain is not like breaking the plane of the end zone. That the fact that Valdez Scantling pulled the ball back means he shouldn't have gotten the yardage. Is that true or that's not true? Well, that's not true. I mean, if it's a goal line, the play's over. Right. I mean, that ends. It doesn't end in the field of play. But if you are in contact with a defensive player, yes. then you get the forward-most progress spot. It doesn't end at that point, but it's uh, it's it's treated completely different than the goal line plane. So that the only question becomes actual progress. Where do you reward pro- award progress? So that's the forward-most point of the ball when in contact by a defender, and and that is reviewable only in regards to the line to gain, the first down line or the goal line, but it is two different things. What happened on the play in Kansas City where it looked like the Bengals are getting off the field, they stop on third down, hold on a second, Uh, the play has to be replayed over again because it was whistled by one official all the way in the secondary because of a play clock issue, something like that? What what happened Uh, And again, now this is why I said at the beginning of the conversation, I mean, I think at times it was overused, this this video assist. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, they adjusted the spot of the ball late in in um, in the play clock. They adjusted it by a half a yard. So they had the line of scrimmage official come in and move the ball a half a yard. I mean, and so then... They have to reset the play clock because the play clock was too low. So they reset the play clock, stop the game clock, and and then and then all of a sudden they have to make it. The referee Ron Torbort has to make an announcement as to when to start the clock, and depending on who's 
you know, you hear what he said, you mm-hmm. know, start the clock on my signal. The timer did it. It wasn't supposed to run. And then the side judge comes in and, you know, he's, it's, it's so loud and he's, he's not in there very quickly, but it becomes, you know, a redo becomes a mess. And that's overuse of this video assistant. Why are we moving the ball a half a yard when it's third and nine? I mean, I get it if it's third and one or third and a half, I get it there, but third and nine and you're going to move the ball half half a ball length or half a yard um you know when the with the play clock running i mean that's 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 mismanagement of it which creates a fiasco and with all of the stuff that happened this weekend where you know the officials are targets i mean that's one that's self-imposed because it's it's not mm. using common sense so um, I, I think in some cases we have to be patient, I guess, and, and trying to get the system to where it works smoothly and try to get the advantages and disadvantages out of it. But um, I guess you just have to take your lumps. But that, to me, was just not well handled so at you're, all. So you're saying that moment <laughs> in a championship game where a head coach is being told by officials we have to replay this down that you think – brought about a punt that you aren't off the field you're actually still on the field in this game that domino effect started with a replay assist to try and respot the ball by a half yeah. yard is what you're saying and then, and then of course what happens i mean then of course it's it's the typical the way of thing went things went for officials so what happens they they never had a play so they just void the play so what happens on the next play? Oh, they sack Mahomes. Okay, well, okay, good. Uh-oh, defense holding. holding. Now Kansas City ends up getting the first down. But then you they, but then, but then those, then they, they, they did not score. They did eventually punt. But of course, you know, time's taken off the clock and field position changes. I mean, everything does affect everything else. And 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 obviously, Kansas City wound up having the ball last. Um, that was a good flag on Joseph Asai for shoving. Mahomes, yeah, in your estimation? I mean, I feel bad for the kid. And, you know, he tried to say he was trying to, you know, push him backwards so the clock would remain running. You know, he's just he was just a kid that was in a chase. And, and, I mean, I feel bad, but there was contact, and both feet were down out of bounds. You know, I, I would say this, that if they didn't call that, there would be more controversy than there is now with the fact that they did call it. Um, it's It's one of those that are clear cut now everybody wants to go back to the play and say oh well the left tackle held and on the punt return there was a block in the back you know i i get it i've looked at both plays i mean they are both kind of iffy plays um but the fact of the matter is you know at the end of the game like that especially when it relates to player safety you want to call what is there and um and to me, that was a very clear foul. Okay. So uh, to wrap up the conversation, Mike Pereira, what do you think the conversation is uh, amongst league management? Carl Sheffers, who's the head ref of Super Bowl 57. Walt Anderson, who's a, a successor of yours in the role of being in charge of officiating. Troy Vincent, in uh, charge of operations and football operations. What, what is the conversation being had about replay assist and about the officiating this past weekend, knowing the conversation that surrounded officiating coming out of Championship Sunday, what are they talking about going into the big game? 
Well, I mean, listen, I mean, you're going to give the same old conversation, which is officiate the game as you would during the regular season. This, you know, the, the talk about let's not call fouls, let's let them play just doesn't happen. But the conversation will be had about, you know, there's added pressure on it now. That's just the way it is. When you get into the playoffs, what you do in the regular season, officiating wise is forgotten. And often what you do in the playoffs, um, is forgotten if the Super Bowl goes smooth. Um, and so there's that added pressure of that. But I think the, one of the conversations will not be so much with the um, officials on the field. It's going to be with that use of video assist or expedited review. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can, how can we make sure we don't overuse it? I mean, I don't think there's been an issue to, in my mind about underusing it. I mean, because they have changed things when they have the time to do it and when they have the clear shot. But let's not get involved with, you know, changing things that, that really don't have impact on a play. If they award a first down and you've got a clear immediate shot that it's short by half a yard, change it. If you've got a sideline catch that is ruled a catch for a 15-yard gain and you've got a clear shot that the second foot never came down, change it. But if you've got a, a, a yard off on a punt return or if you've got a yard off on a spot out of bounds when it's going to be third and nine versus third and eight and a half, don't get involved. Let's, let's, let's concern ourselves with the flow of this game and not get overly involved with the outside sources, with the replay official, the video assist, New York expedited review. Let's, let's use some common sense. Okay. Uh, and, and then, let's hope, by the way, right. let's hope, by the way, for the Super Bowl that the chains don't break for the <laughs> what third was that? time in the playoffs. What was that? Holy cow! Come on, I'm, I think I'm becoming now an advocate of let's get rid of the change and go to digital. Um, even though I love the old guys running out and putting <laughs> the old stakes down in the ground, but twice it breaks in the playoff and we have to unravel a alternate set of chains let's just don't have that message. well i mean let's just have an alternate set of chains unraveled on time right i mean it's yeah, a maybe, simple maybe like what other game we what other we'll what other game are we waiting two sets for? Of down the lineman and chain right. on the sideline and then of course uh the, the news from wednesday that tom brady's retiring and again we we we, we assume he is coming to the booth and, and if that does happen he'll be next to you do you have any history with him at all um, you know, one time I was really kind of excited because one time when I was the head of officiating, mm-hmm. um, I went to a game in Foxborough, mm-hmm. and Brady Brady came um, Brady came on the field as he does running out in the field and kind of runs around the perimeter of the field and he was he was running um, toward me. I was just standing there, and he as he ran by me, looked at me and said, "Hi, Mike," and that was it for me. I felt like, well, Tom's my best friend. So that's the relationship, all that's the it. total relationship that, that I have had with him so far. That's it? Okay. And now, did he know you from your work on NFL Network, do you think? With you and I you chopping know, it up? What do you think? If he had stopped, if he would have stopped, he would have said, hey, Mike, I'm telling you, Total Access with Rich Eisen was hey, like the best video of l- all time. Laugh. must see. I used to sit and watch it all the time. Laugh all you want. All the players did watch us chop it up on official review because it was so new to have the head of NFL fi- officials, the sitting head of NFL officials, talk about the controversial plays from the previous week. That's a fact. I remember Matthew Hasselbeck was so upset 
after Super Bowl 40 that you didn't make your usual appointed round right after the Super Bowl. And he thought it was because you were ducking it and that we were hiding it because we were the NFL's channel is how he called me at the Pro Bowl. He was so upset. And I think it's because you went on vacation uh, scheduled, but then you did it the following week. If I'm not mistaken, yes, Mike. 24 hours. Well, less than 24 hours. I think it was about 20 hours after the end of that game. I was in Costa Rica. <laughs> so nobody nobody knew how to find me. And when I did come back right. to the league and Greg Aiello said to me, um, from now on, you might think about waiting a full day before you go on a vacation. I, said, okay, I remember I that, man. See, I remember it. And the players watched it. They watched it. They saw it. You know, so well in reality, I think you have to take some credit too. Oh, I'm doing. Although people may not like this, but you know, have to take credit that really, when it comes to the NFL, you were my first foray into television. I mean, the the Fox people who I worked with each and every year, but Mm -hmm. not on television. You were the the first time that um, you were the first person that I got involved with in television. Mm -hmm. So. Probably I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, and so people can blame you. That I, am here. <laughs> I will take all the calls right here on the Rich Eisen Show, like yours right here. Thanks for the call here, Mike. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Have a great yeah. Super Bowl. That's Mike Pereira, former head of NFL officials, now the man who will be making sure all the rules and calls of Super Bowl 57 are straight and narrow right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah, I remember Super Bowl 40. It was in Detroit, Seattle versus Pittsburgh. That was the one where Ben Roethlisberger was ruled scoring a touchdown and he never his helmet crossed the goal line, but the ball yeah, never did. He still hasn't scored. There was also a, a huge play uh, in the red zone uh, to get deep deep in Pittsburgh territory for Seattle. Uh, a holding penalty brought that one back, and then Hasselbeck threw an interception, and he got, he got called for a low hit on the return. Remember that? And that was when that, that rule was new and people are like, wait a minute, Hasselbeck's called a penalty after he throws an interception? And there was a lot of confusion, a lot of anger. Seattle fans still think they got jobbed in that Super Bowl to this day. And I remember showing up at the Pro Bowl and Hasselbeck, who could not have been more affable and delightful and friendly and a friend, was truly upset. He goes, where was Pereira on, on, uh, on your show today? I was... Tuning in to see him. Uh, he has to account for this stuff. Where is he? Oh, I get it. It's because the NFL wants to hide him. I get it. He referred to, he called it, oh, it's no longer NFL Network. I'm going to call it NFL's Network. He actually did refer to it as the Al Jazeera of sports, is what he said to me. And I realized around the pool at the Pro Bowl in beautiful Hawaii, he was not joking. So I remember I texted Pereira. I'm like, are we going to do this this week or what? I'll do it from Hawaii. And he's like, I'm, I'm already on vacation next week. I'm like, oh, boy. Yikes. We did do it next week. We did, but uh, not quick enough for Matthew's uh, desire. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. We'll take some phone calls. Would you believe Tom Brady's retirement and who he's retiring with is a story in itself now? Good Lord. Can the man just say I'm going away in peace or what? (laughs) Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here in our radio network, you, Brock, when you're saying somebody actually <laughs> said, I have been to the spot where Tom Brady shot his retirement, I'm retired for good video, I picked up some sand and I'm selling the sand. Put it in a plastic bag, selling the sand on eBay. What are we doing? Yeah, because these these buildings are so distinctive yeah, from dude. South Florida exactly. because they look like every other one. Oh, and those dunes. Those oh, dunes. Yeah. Come on, man. Get out of here. It did look like the spot. Let me just go back. Get out of here. But that's crazy. You know, when I was a kid, you know what I had somebody gave me for my birthday? They gave me something called Elvis Sweat. (laughs) It was this little vial of of liquid, of clear liquid. You still have it? Of course not. What? But it it wasn't it. How do you know? How do you know? They're not selling Elvis. Titanic coal. But how did, dude, it was actual liquid that filled up Beer. half of the vial, and it was called Elvis Sweat. It, it Elvis Sweat a lot. Yeah. yeah. Elvis Sweat. All the did, all the towels that the colonel would get. You wring the sweat out, put it yeah, in the vial, you sell it to guys. Yeah, and sell yeah. it to a, Staten Island, a kid in Staten Island for uh, who's nine. I mean, fat Elvis yeah. really sweat. Yeah. The end of the career. Are, are they? Are people really buying sand because well, this person says I collected it at the spot where Tom well, Brady me, shot his retirement video? That's crazy. Here. What are we doing? You know what? It's totally crazy too. It is is believe it or not, Tom Brady, um, and who he retires with is important. Oh yeah. Bob Kraft was on CNN this very morning. You know, clearly stating what you would want and the entire Patriots yeah, Nation wants. Like, absolutely. okay, glad you had your three-year, you know, trip down to Florida, Central Florida. Hey, all of us here in New England, we, many of us moved down to Florida. As a matter of fact, you know, I think Bob's got a spot in Florida, as we right. know. Go right. Home. So this is what he had to say about uh, about Brady retiring. Are there any plans, Bob, to make sure that he retires? Are you going to sign him to a one-day contract? Do you want him back? Yeah. <laughs> to retire a Patriot. I'll do it tomorrow. For him uh, to retire a Patriot oh, is a question. Not only do I want it, our fans are clamoring for it. And to us, 
He is always has been and always will be a patriot. And we will be bringing him back um, after I have not. I don't like to make a commitment for him, but we will do everything in our power to bring him back, have him sign off as a patriot, nice. and find ways to honor him for many years to come because he did so much to bring life and good cheer to our community. And he's a beloved figure, and he's earned the respect and love that people feel for him like no other athlete in our town. And we've had some great ones. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Nope. And the Patriot-Brady relationship, we'll see how it plays out. It will no doubt unquestionably wind up in a terrific place. Deserves to be, and they'll... They'll get there if there is any still reparations that need to be made. I Who the heck knows? But he's got to sign a one-day one deal and retire or stay and retire with the Bucks, right? Because if he doesn't, he leaves the Bucks somewhat hamstrung cap-wise, correct? And this is one of the things we're going to ask Rick Stroud when he joins us later on on, on this program in hour number two from the Tampa Bay Times. Like, the Bucks kind of need him to retire a Tampa Bay Buccaneer when it all comes down to it. Yeah, so Mike Florio uh, had a story. Uh, it will help them out cap purposes. Yeah. And, yeah, along with a $35.1 million cap charge for 2023. Uh, that's not the money that the Bucks owe him. Uh, it's what they had previously paid him. Right. But that's kind of how the cap works in they need to sign if they do sign him before for the minimum and then process his retirement after june 1st it basically saves the bucks a bunch of dead cap money or he could just be hey i gave you your three years old lang Zahn, i gotta sign i gotta trophy do in the case i gotta i gotta, I gotta do, do a ceremonial signing up in new england i kind of owe it to them i don't think he's gonna do that don't either he's gonna retire a buck we even remember that stuff when he walks out in his red jacket in the Patriot Hall of Fame weekend that he's there for, you know, when he walks out in his gold jacket and you go into that bus room forevermore and you see the, the Patriots line on his, on his plaque, on his, you know, his stand. Of course not. But Bob would like it. I don't think he's getting it. That, that would be wild if Brady's like he's going to stick him with a $30 million dead cap charge because he's got to sign a one-day deal. Or can he retire with the Bucks, do that, and then sign another one-day, come out of retirement, and then sign another one-day deal with the Patriots? Can he do that? Why not? Let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to read this story real quick. Here's what basically Brady would be doing the Bucks a solid, by, of course. By, by and I think he will. Right? Uh, also, if he does this, it would prevent him from joining another team if he changes his mind about playing next year. Also, huh. be under contract with the Bucks. Oh, because they would put him on the reserve retirement right. so list. So it would be, and then they would have to take him off the list. So the Patriots would have to get compensation if he wants to come back to play for the Dolphins, for instance. This is pretty important, yeah, it's, it's by like, the way. It's like paperwork type stuff that like nobody ever really thinks about. Here's what he should do. He should take care of the Bucks, then unretire for a day, have me come, come on this show, make that announcement, have me ask him his plans. He curses me out. 
<laughs> like Jim Gray. And then <laughs> retires the next day. And then shoots it in a spot where somebody collects sand and says, I'm selling this sand because trust me, it's from that spot. This is nuts. <laughs> Can Brady just retire in peace and go hang with Lily Tomlin? 